Just a second. Uh, we're going to answer the phone in a second. But while I'm talking on the phone, I want um, our guests today to introduce themselves. We've got a bunch of folks up from Long Beach to talk to us about the co-op down there and biking down in Long Beach and how it's not as far away as we think it is. So I'll let these guys introduce themselves, and uh, we'll take it from there. My name is Gabriel. Um, I've been a Long Beach resident for like six years or so. Um, yeah, love biking. Uh, Jim Clemson, a uh, Long Beach native, and uh, we're here from the hub in Long Beach. Co-op just started in April, uh, trying to get the word out to the rest of Los Angeles. Daniel Olmos, uh, a.k.a. Big Bike Dan. I'm a new transplant to Long Beach, and they're physically just to help out with the hub and get that up and running. So uh, I'm glad to be here, y'all. Uh, the the hub is uh, co-op that started, like I said, in April of this year, and we're just trying to spread Long Beach bike culture, uh, teaching people how to work their own bikes. We sell uh, used bikes as a way to raise money, and it's really just starting. We just kind of hit our stride uh, recently, and we're... I, th I think we're doing pretty well for being around for just uh, six months. We have a good core group of volunteers. Uh, some people uh, couldn't uh, couldn't make it here today, but um, they're down there if you want to go see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if if you guys ever want to get down to Long Beach, um, our website is pedalmovement.com, and uh, our address is 1730 Long Beach Boulevard. And let's find out what our phone number is. I'm going to turn my yeah. phone off. Uh, <laughs> we, can, we can get the phone numbers later. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, did, did we all introduce ourselves? I'm sorry, I had a call, and I'm not sure what was going on, but I think it was from Costa Rica, and <laughs> and I have no idea what was happening in Costa Rica. probably just a telemarketer, right? Yeah. No, I think it was someone who was supposed to call into the show, but I, I was, unfortunately, I'm, I'm out of the loop with that, so uh, hopefully we'll if, maybe... If they're interested in Costa Rica, then... There's no excuse for people in L.A. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on down. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. And, and are you guys all – have you guys all been biking forever? Did you pick up biking once you moved to Long Beach? Uh, why do you? Why did you start biking? Was it something you did as a kid for, like, recreation? Was it something that you sort of did practically for commuting purposes? <laughs> all of the above? <laughs> Actually, took up biking in uh, 2002, uh, right after the the war started with Afghanistan and uh, Iraq, and I was I came to a cross point in my life, and I thought, you know, this is this is not right, and I was still driving Toyota pickup station wagon thing, and and um, I purposely uh, altered the 
transmission or not the trans but the uh, carburetor so it wouldn't pass the smog test that was due so uh back then they had this program they give you a thousand bucks if you had it take it to a dismantled place and and um they give you a check for a thousand bucks so with that money i bought a bicycle and i've been on a bike ever since and enjoying life um I mean, that's they're, they're just the social aspects of, of the the impact that you could do by taking up a bike is tremendous, people. I, I, you can't regret. Uh, I can't regret all the people I've met since because I've taken up the bike. Um, you know, the, the health issues that go with it, the, 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 the impact that we, we could, um, you know, as more and more people take up the bicycle, the, the impact it would have on you, not, not only your personal health, but uh, just in the health system. We'd have a lot more healthy people because of that. Um, so, that, you know, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of different reasons. Some were political. Mine's happened to be kind of political. But I learned a lot more as I continued uh, my journey on the bike. So, I, I mean, that's that's just the start of it. I feel like I'm sort of an, like an apolitical person in general these days. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... Maybe it's just a cop-out, maybe it's not, but riding a bicycle for me um, definitely at least gives me peace of mind on that level. Like, um, I, uh, you know, I used to have, like, a minivan or whatever. Um, it was mom and dad's, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. You know, if you're going to drive, a minivan's a good way to go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it just got to be too much of a hassle to find parking and um, pay for street sweeping tickets all the time, and uh, so I... Um, Ended up getting rid of that thing, and I've just been riding a bicycle um, around. And I mean, it works perfect for for me. Um, it's uh, I, I live in a pretty small town. Long Beach is is definitely manageable on a bicycle. Um, and I mean, I do my groceries on it. I go to school on it. Um, you know, if I've had jobs and I've ridden to work on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just a good way to go. I I um, remember when I first started riding, I definitely noticed. Uh, being happier in general um, than when I drove because I don't know I guess you you know you get your endorphins going or whatever but it's it's just you know you're guaranteed to get your your heart rate up every single day as long as you're going somewhere so um, definitely it's it's a healthy way to go it's uh, it's a free way to go I uh, <laughs> I started riding because I was actually really bored and I was Hi, working at this job at the, at, at, hey, at the college bookstore yeah, and it was during the summer, and so they cut our hours a lot. And so I had, like, I was working probably 15 hours a week, and oh, so uh, I'd get home at, like, noon, and what, what am I going to do? I don't have any money because I'm working 15 hours a week, and yeah, you report I got this old mountain bike in my garage. So, hey, you know what? Let's just ride down into – ride around Long Beach. Just It's, it's free. It – Gave me a chance to blow off some of the steam that I had from going. Okay. Uh, you know, Give me a chance to actually sleep at night because I wasn't doing anything else. And so I started riding. And I was like, "Hey, wait a minute! This is actually pretty cool." And got rid of that old crappy mountain bike. Went and bought a better bike. Started uh, getting into the bike culture and meeting bike people, and uh, it kind of helped me. Uh, I, I really feel like it kind of helped me figure out okay, who I was and uh, right. uh, kind of really kind of turned me into an anarchist a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, G Gabe said he was apolitical about it. I'm very political <laughs> about it. Uh, cars and, and, and... I think um, 
I, I don't know. I'm just fed up with it. You know, it's like yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I used to get all up in arms about it, but um, now it's just like, oh man, I don't even know. I just, just ride. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like the uh, the politics of biking is, is is all I've got about it. It's just if if I can't be angry, then what can I be? <laughs> So then one more bike question, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the co-op specifically, but what are your guys' first bikes or your favorite bikes, or do you have any attachment to the bicycle as an object? Yeah, my first bike was this old uh, Huffy mountain bike my parents bought me when I graduated from, from I think it was sixth grade, I think. And they bought it, and it was too big for me because they said, you know, Jim, you're going to grow into that. And... I I rode I rode that thing for years and then I put it in my garage and forgot about it until I got really bored one day and went back to it and uh, the current bike I'm riding now I really only have one bike uh, is my favorite bike so far it's this old uh, Fuji ni- 1980s Fuji road bike that I assembled at the hub using only the parts they had at the hub and so it's kind of this nice little connection that I have with this uh, co-op that I helped to build. And so there's, there, there is some emotional attachment to that. I try not to be too emotionally attached because it is just a thing. But uh, I am very proud of, of what I've been able to uh, accomplish and what that kind of re- represents to me. The Jedi <laughs> building his lightsaber. <laughs> um, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> um, I think my first bike was uh, like a little pink girl's bike. And I remember the day that it stopped being my sister's bike. And started to be my bike. And um, we took, like, the little plastic colorful things off the spokes, and we spray-painted it blue, and uh, and uh, I rode that thing around for a while. Um, and then I got an orange Huffy later, and that was, like, my, my childhood bike, you know, just a little single-speed kind of a, um, you know, pedal brake kind of a thing. Banana and, um, seat. <laughs> no, not a banana seat. Um, but it was, uh, it was a good little bike, and I lived on a hill, and it was fun to just, you know, cruise down that hill super fast and um i got my first concussion on that bike <laughs> cruising down that hill kind of fast um smashed my head into a mailbox oops um but you know it's like you, you got to have those moments i guess um and uh i don't know the, the bike i'm riding now was my dad's um it's a beautiful bike it's really nice and i cherish it um which i don't know it's like i I, I hate saying that because I don't like to admit that I'm really attached to things in that way. But um, but it is. It's a beautiful bike. It was my dad's. He he crashed it, and uh, it was just hanging in the garage for a while until he got a new bike, um, and gave that old one to me. And we kind of went over it, and uh, you know, got it working again. Put some new components on it, and um, yeah, man, I that's it's my car. I take it with me everywhere. Um. I was the only one who showed up here today of, of these guys who came up from Long Beach with my bicycle. Um, and uh, I guess if I had, if I had, uh, yeah, I, I sort of have like a separation anxiety I, about I, it. It's I, kinda, I, rode, I rode my bike to the, to the train station. I just left <laughs> it down in Long Beach. Yeah. Well, yeah, there it is. I, uh, my bike, uh, my favorite bike is the current bike that I'm riding now, and I, I really rock that bike as I, I, I support all the as many uh, social rides that are happening here in LA and, and of course the ones that we're trying to start in Long Beach. But it's a it's a Schwinn World Sport, uh, um, a road bike, and um, actually built at the Los Angeles Bicycle Kitchen. So that's where yeah. I got the inspiration to 
get involved with the Bicycle Hub in Long Beach. But uh, there you go. All right. So um, can we talk a little bit about, like, kind of the evolution of the the bike co-op in Long Beach? Um, <clears throat> sort of how was it determined that there was, like, a need for it? Um how did you, you go about finding a space? Um, was it the kind of thing that that the the bikes happened, like cycling became more popular and then you decided that there was a need for this? Or is, or is you know, how, how did it all happen? Because, I mean, to be honest, as a volunteer at the Bike Kitchen, we get, um, I would say, at least two to three people a month during my shifts who come in from Long Beach. Um, and that hasn't been happening as much because now there's a space that we can refer them to. But we have people, not only do we support like a community, like very kind of close within like the central LA neighborhoods, but there's also people coming from very far away because this is the only place they know that they can do this kind of thing. So, um, how did, how did it happen? Uh, well, the uh, the hub was really an uh, evolution of a project called Pedal Movement, which was started by uh, Ronnie Sandlin and Graham Baden in 2008 uh, as sort of a way to promote cycling in, in, in the Long Beach area. Uh, for about a year, they just did rides and uh, just sort of events working in Long Beach to sort of promote what's, uh, what they could with, their, with the limited resources. Uh, one of the... One of the the, f- the first evolution of the hub was Tuesdays, which is in a bar uh, called Ferns in down in Long Beach. And on Tuesday nights, <clears throat> people would be able to go and bring their, their bikes down to Ferns. Uh, there'd be dollar beers, and uh, everyone would hang out. People would tune up their bikes. It was never anything really serious, but it was the first evolution of that. Uh, then uh, a woman by the name of Allison Clark offered her garage to pedal movement to try and get their uh, actual an actual co-op going, but that actually got shut down because the neighbor didn't like it and uh, threatened to sue. Uh, so that got shut down pretty quick. Like within a couple months, or within like a week. Within yeah, a yeah. It wasn't in a business district. It, it wasn't in a business district. It was a residential area. So she was just, she just. Yeah, small. Yeah, she lived in a like a dead end street. Edison Place is like historic. It was actually um, one of the first homes that Thomas Edison ran tr- uh, electricity through through the home. So these these homes you can't uh, you can't really alter them because they're preserved by the society there in, in, in Long Beach. But her garage was being offered as a co op to have uh, to do rent on the bikes. Unfortunately, a la- neighbor didn't agree to that. We had our opening party there, and just because somebody had parked in his space to help clear out the party, to, to move chairs and tables to get him out of there, uh, he had a fit, and it's, it just escalated from there, you know, and he threatened to sue, so unfortunately we couldn't start there. Yeah, so that's what happens. Uh, and so we, we kind of built on that. I mean, we, we had made mistakes while doing that. We, we, lear- we learned a lot from the Edison Place uh, project, and... One day, uh, Pedal Movement's affiliated with Catalyst in Long Beach. Catalyst is an umbrella organization that helps start nonprofits uh, by providing accounting services and nonprofit numbers and stuff. And so one of our affiliates through Long Beach Creative uh, got into contact with Hancock University, which is a private 
art, art school in Long Beach who had to buy this old used car lot for um, because uh, the city of Long Beach requires so, so much zoning for the, uh, the number of students they had. Uh, you mean in terms of parking spots? Yeah, so they had, they had to get parking, and, but none of their students have uh, cars because they're all from South Korea. Well, but the blue line is across the street, so they, you know, if they lived out of town, they'd just jump on the blue line, which is right across the street. So there was no need for anybody to have a parking space or, or cars, but the city didn't understand that, and they were mandated to uh, either move or you know, um, they, they would be shut down if they didn't get any um, more parking spaces. And so, so we, we started working with Hancock. Uh, Hancock actually offered our uh, rent free as sort of this outreach to the community, and they they recognized what a valuable contribution of light kitchen, light co-op would be to uh, the neighborhood, and so we were able to start that. We got the keys for it in uh, the end of January of the last year, or this year I mean, uh, of 2010, and we've just been working on it. We we took, we took two months or so, three months to to work on it. Opened by uh, yeah, it definitely needed work. <laughs> yeah. It, Okay. And so that's pretty much how we got our space and sort of was this evolution of this thing in Long Beach that Long Beach has a really good light culture and the city's very cooperative. Mm-hmm. The city's doing a lot of stuff down there and so there's just I get I guess the community demanded it in such a fashion that it just came forward and we 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 were lucky enough to be there to be able to uh, satisfy that demand. And what are what are some of the challenges you guys have faced in the first like I guess eight months? Um, yeah, definitely uh, getting volunteers. That's uh, that's kind of the biggest thing. And um, inventory. I mean, the, the the city has given us um, a lot of old bikes. Um, we've got a big storage container full of them, and it's it's like uh, you know they're there. Um, we just need people to wrench on them, and uh, so. Are know. they in good enough condition that like all it needs is so, a couple some of them hours? Are. Yeah, some of them. Um, some of them are actually you know pretty pretty good prospects. Other ones are you know not as uh, not as appealing. But um, <laughs> we got some old Walmart bikes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of department store type bikes that you know we would literally sell for twenty five bucks. You know anybody that needed a beater bike would obviously have uh, you know uh, a cheap bike on their hands that would get them from point A to point B. It's kind of what we're there for. I mean, we're, we're like a, the neighborhood bicycle recycling center, sort of. You know, it's like you've got all this metal sitting around. Why not turn it into something that uh, is rideable? You know. And so, I mean, it, how, what are your hours like in terms of, of like volunteers? To how many volunteers do you have per shift? Like, how kind of what are? I think we're gonna about to geek out on bike co-op <laughs> yeah, logistics, but uh, but I mean, what what kind of how, I mean, how does it work? How many stands do you have? What, how many people can be wrenching on a bike? Do you always have long lines? Like, uh, we, Sometimes we have long lines. Uh, Saturday and Sunday are kind of our biggest uh, days. We're currently open Friday through Monday. Uh-huh. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we're open noon to 5. And then on Monday we're open 2 to 7. Uh-huh. Uh, we generally try to have at least two people, two mechanics there, to be able to help people wrench. But um, on Saturday we've had three and. Sometimes we even have four mechanics there, depending on people's schedules. I mean, we're a volunteer organization who's right. just starting out, so we can't really say you have to be here, you know. Right. Um, 
and every once in a while we'll have a line. Uh, we try to limit the number of people who are on the floor, make sure that stuff doesn't get stolen, and uh, make sure we can actually help people do it right. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we get too many people, then we can't focus on their problems. Um, some people require more help than others, and, and so it, right now we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. Uh, we don't really know exactly how to run a bike kitchen. We're sort of figuring it out as we go along. And if someone wanted to volunteer, what's I mean, do you have a process, or do they just show up? And I mean, do yeah. they have to be a bike mechanic no. to start? No, we're 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 willing to, to work with people. Uh, right now, we we just actually started on Thursdays having a volunteer only night. So if you're a volunteer with us, you can stop by on Thursdays. Uh, we're having some limited training classes that we're doing for volunteers, teaching them uh, some basic bike mechanics. Uh, usually, that's five to seven. Uh, the hours are really loose on that and it also allows our volunteers to work on their own projects Mm -hmm. because we're trying to encourage our volunteers to not work on their own bike while the shop's open to focus on our customers yeah so um that's sort of a way to say to our to our volunteers hey we understand that you are here for a reason and to try and give them uh some kind of a uh a benefit you know and so if someone wanted to learn about a bike, if someone wanted to learn how to wrench, they could stop by on a Thursday and say, hey, I'm interested in volunteering. What's the whole process? They can kind of find out. A lot of times we have a, um, a meeting afterwards and discuss some issues that we're having and all of that. Is it mostly dudes who are volunteers? Uh, we have one girl. Oh. Yeah. So, fellas, right. if, you want, if you want to meet some girls. <laughs> uh, the place and, to be. And we, we definitely encourage women to, to come. Uh, there has been talk of having a, uh, a, a gay, women-only, transsexual mm-hmm. night, but right now we currently don't have the, the people to do that. Right. Um, what about your clientele? Are they mostly dudes? Or is it uh, a little bit more mixed? It's probably 60-40. Yeah, a lot of kids come by. A lot of kids in the neighborhood, which is right. good because yeah, mostly uh, boy kids or girl kids. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. curious. I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, all the girls all seem to want to walk a, a beach cruiser, and that community, all the girls are all asking for beach cruiser. Uh, we, keep, we, keep, we don't. We don't. We can't we keep, keep them. We can't keep up. Okay. The on that, you know? So we the mi- once in a while, but then that same day they're out. They're they're being sold out at the same time. So. It's hard to keep those kind of bikes in, but that's what they're asking. Most of the ladies are asking for beach cruisers. And, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah it, it, it is the beach. It is the beach. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. A couple it, of miles from the, the from the sand. But, <laughs> well, it's kind of the beach. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it, it, it's you know, it's a perfect place. The bicycle hub is in a perfect place in the city because it's not the neighborhood is not a very wealthy neighborhood. It's not anywhere close to Beverly Hills or anything like and that. It's not it's, so we're we feel like we're making an impact in that, mm-hmm. in that area because these are these are obviously people who cannot afford a, a brand new bicycle. You, know, you don't see that uh, um, around there. So <coughs> hey, they come to this place and we're meeting that need. For sure. If you want a cheap bike, we provide it for them. Yeah. You know, sometimes, well, in most cases, the kids can earn a bike. We, along with these classes that we teach on Thursday. Um, there's an earn a bike program for the youth. Obviously, they're not working; they have no means to raise money. So we offer this program. You come, come to the meeting or come to these uh, the, these classes seven seven for seven weeks. Learn all about bike bicycle mechanics and maintenance. And at the end of seven weeks, you'll earn credit 
to earn a bike. You, know, you, you, the, you, you, also have, you also have to do work for us, and we're not just going to give you a yeah. bike for taking our classes. Uh, it's it's about even the amount of time you spend in the class is about even with the amount of time you have to volunteer for us, yeah, and hopefully they'll stick around. That's how you earn your credits. You by working an hour, you would earn so many credits, and it, providing what type of bike you want. Because if you want a project bike, and it's a really nice road bike frame or something like that. Well, you know the credit, the units on that bike would be yeah, a little bit more than, than the others, and so they would work towards that bike. You know. Um, you know, and about, I mean, how many, is that like a two-month kind of project? or? I mean, so so how does, okay, let me, I'll ask a couple questions and I'll pass the mic. So is it, it's, you have to take classes, which means that you guys have your shit together a little bit because you've got some sort of workshop program that mm-hmm. rotates every seven weeks. Right. Then you volunteer, then the, you have to volunteer, and then in addition to that, you have to spend time building up the bike? Yeah. Uh, you, you you have to help us work on our bikes that we sell, and if in that time you also want to work on your bike and and the shop, yeah, you have to help us sort parts and all this other stuff. Uh, like I said, we're not going to give a bike away for free. It's just if you don't have the money to do that, you can do work in lieu of money. Uh, and so what you what you wind up actually doing is concurrently while you're working on these classes, you're working on bikes, and so you're able to reinforce what you learn in the class by actually doing some practical application uh, in, in our shop. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, uh, tearing down a bike, you know, we might say, you know, we need that rear derailleur of that bike. Well, that's worth five units. Uh, that goes towards whatever bike that they're looking for. So tear down that derailleur, take it off, and, and bring it here because we're going to put it on this other bike, you know. And now you install it. You just earned another five points, you know. So it works like that, you know. To, to, Tearing down and building another bike, and they're all earning credits from yeah, that. Yeah, and, and so everybody wins. Yeah. So, um, and it helps the shop, you know, because that, that relieves me, um, yeah, where I could spend time to somebody who really has issues with their bike <laughs> and not worry so much about the bikes that we're building, you know, because we have, you got, you got people that are serving the community with their, their whatever's broken on their bike, and then you have the other side where we have to tear down some of these bikes because just, because we need those parts to build other bikes with them, you know. Um, so it works both ways, and that's kind of where how it works in a nutshell. All right, um, we're going to take a little musical break, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to switch gears, and we're going to talk a little bit about the city of Long Beach. Oh, 
You know, I, I think that the city, I mean, obviously the city put that up and everyone kind of laughs at it a little bit, but the city of Long Beach is better than most cities. Uh, I mean, even the, I think cycling, bicycling magazine or something like that ranked it like 24th or something like that in, 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 in America as the 24th best bike city in America. And, I mean, that's huge. It's Long Beach. I mean... That helps. Yeah. Um, they're either to one side, they're either to the north end of the city, or they're down south end of the city. Yeah. Yeah. 
they're, they're working on it. They're they're building it. Dan, Vista Boulevard, Vista Street, I think, in Long Beach, they're actually working on it. They've got it all cordoned off. They've got they're building roundabouts. City of Long Beach. Uh, going on. Yeah, all all the stuff that you hear about in Los Angeles, sharrows and uh, bike lanes and bike boulevards, all this stuff is happening in Long Beach. They have they they're they're building bike boulevards. They installed, I think, the 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 longest. Uh, they, they call it the Green Stripe Lane in Long Beach, but what it is is on Second Street in Long Beach, for about two miles, they have a green lane in one of the traffic lanes with sharrows on it that shows bicyclists where they're supposed to ride. And it, it got cyclists off the sidewalk in a busy commercial district. And it's always I, fun to go down there and see, like, a you know, 70-year-old woman just yeah. chilling, chilling in the Exactly. You see, you see like, like five-year-old girls, like, on, on their little pink little bikes riding down. And it's exactly where they should be. And some 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 of the bros who drive through Long Beach don't like it. Oh, a lot of people. I I I, uh, I was reading some website, some uh, some blog or something, and it was just people that were all up in arms about it. It was, it was really funny. And, like, uh, and then somebody was talking about how they they went down there and they got a ticket for riding on the sidewalk. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's you know, it, it's it's tough for people um, who have had no um, thought of this sort of thing to understand. But um, yeah. It's really nice to see, uh, and I, I don't know. I guess the I, I've heard talk of um, you know cyclists who don't like it because it's it's sending the message that oh well um, you know you're really only allowed to ride in the street when there's a big green stripe painted on it. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's just um, <coughs> it's, it's it's a good eye opener for people who don't even think about it. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's really Tell them the whole story about. The, the business association, yeah. the people who actually run the shops there, um, they were up in arms when they first were putting this lane in, let alone paint it green. You know, they were like, whoa, I mean, it was, we gave you guys a lane, but why did you paint it green, you know? <laughs> so they were up in arms Our that. beautiful street is ruined. Yeah, and, and it's never been done anywhere else, and they're like, why are you doing this? Well, what it did, it calmed down the, the traffic. Where it allowed motorists to notice their business. So they're, guess what? Their business revenue went up. And it's a better pedestrian environment. Now, now other, other business associates, other uh, business districts want that green uh, line, you know, green bike lane on their street. Yeah, they're, they're all one. They're all fighting for it. I, th- I, th- I think I think there's a growing consensus in Long Beach and in really other cities that. You can't build a city for cars and then expect people to want to be there. I mean, there's there's streets in Long Beach that are just three lanes wide, and you just drive down them, and they're basically freeways, and no one you don't see anyone on the streets. And it's much easier to stop at a shop when you're on a bicycle. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Now, now, now carrying the stuff. <laughs> that's trailer, baby. yeah, get a trailer. But but it, but it, when when you have to load up your bike, it also kind of makes you think. And you throw everything in the back of your pickup truck. Where, where, where's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun having to kind of work things out. But I, I, th- I think that there, that because people are starting to realize more and more that uh, building a city for just cars is, it, it, well, it's ridiculous and it, it's, it's anti-people. You build a city for cars and people don't want to be there, and so you then you drive. Everywhere because you don't want to you don't want to walk down the street. It's it's not a good environment to walk, and people are realizing that, and people are starting to say, why don't we have these districts that are 
made for multimodal transportation. Bikes and, and buses and trolleys and streetcars and all these things that you can do. I, I believe that bicycling overall makes people more sociable because, I mean, look at it. You're, you're approachable. The minute you're on a bike, anybody can stop, stop you wherever you're at and greet you or ask for directions or just simply talk, chat with you. Yeah. You, you, you lose that on a car. Oh, yeah. You're in a box and you're moving. You're moving fast. But it's nice and air conditioned in there. You don't even realize that, that this is like a Chinese neighborhood this is a Korean. And we get that on our bike. We can smell the food as we're riding. We know, oh, this There are some really good Cambodian markets if you, yeah, if you head down Anaheim. Like, by bicycling, it breaks down a lot of those racial barriers. Yeah, man. I think it's an answer to that. And, and and Long Beach is a great neighborhood, a great city for that because there's just so many neighborhood areas. It's like Los Angeles, where anything you can really think of. We've got uh, Cambodia Town. We've got little. Um, there's uh, little India. There's uh, just all kinds of Hispanic markets. There's uh, just pretty much any kind of food that you could think of. While we're on the subject of food, uh, anything you can think of that's in the area, you can find in Long Beach. Uh, and you can just smell this stuff when you're walking down the street. You can see the people. And I know when we're on our group rides, which we do a group ride uh, Sunday nights from uh, we meet at the hub at uh, Sunday. Sandy Sundays at uh, 8 o'clock and we leave by 9. And we just ride around and we've got the stereo going. Uh, one of these kids built a tall bike, a freak bike. Yeah, and, and so he's riding around. People are yelling at us like, yeah, woo. People are honking at us because people like it. It's a spectacle. People aren't really used to it. And it's getting the message out there that you can ride a bike, that, that there is a community, that you can go and ride a bike in a group of people. Yeah, and have a good time. I, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's fun to, to, you know, spread the good word. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's, made, it's made me happier. I know, I, like I said that already. It, um, Kept it, me it, sane. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when, um, you know, when you're riding down the street and, and you know, somebody honks and cuts you off or whatever, um, it, it makes you pretty angry, um, but I, I think uh, it's, it's happened to me enough now that um, I've, I've definitely become a much more calm person. I've, I've had people like, you know, I'm, I'm heading down the road in, in my lane, and somebody's making a left turn, and they, they just, like, end up right in front of me. Um, just a couple of days ago, I, I ended up, like, coming to a stop and just touching this guy's bumper with my tire, and I just kind of, like, look at him and smile and just keep on riding, you know? Like, um, I, I don't know. It's it's cool. It, I, I feel um, I feel a lot safer on a bicycle actually than in a car. Um, you know, it, I don't know. It's just a better experience in general. Um, and I mean, the streets in Long Beach are, especially the areas that 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 we all live in, are a lot calmer than than you think. I mean, I, I've ridden in Los Angeles. This place is crazy. It, it's it's insane. And you've like we're on we're here on Beverly, and there's just cars going all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I've, 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 I've ridden, yeah, which is telling you how Long Beach is. I mean, uh, you, you get down by the beach, and everyone's really cool. And, I mean, it's Long Beach, so everyone's, yeah, exactly. And the people in Long Beach are starting to get used to seeing bikes on the streets. Uh, even, even on streets where there's no bike lanes and it's a very narrow street. It seems to me like um, you get a lot of weekend that go down to the beach park yeah. and will ride, and, and I think it would be nice to see, um, and, and we are s 
starting to see more people that just are you know getting around on their bicycles. That's yeah, a lot, a lot of super hip uh, fixed gear yeah. riders down there. Hey, you know, whatever, hey it, sure. whatever bike works, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So do you think any of these lessons that you have uh, learned and, like, kind of some of the experiences that Long Beach has had? Um, so Los Angeles is huge. So how does Los Angeles model this kind of stuff? Because, I mean, obviously, like, the it's like a kind of a bureaucratic nightmare. Um, it took us way too long to do shadows, um, not for lack of, of trying or kind of awareness on the part of, like, the cycling community. So one of the things that I really like to kind of focus on in this show is, like, what realistically can we expect to happen? Um, because Los Angeles is so big, do, do instead of looking at it as, like, a city-wide thing, do we just kind of go neighborhood by neighborhood as though we were the size of Long Beach? Yeah. You know, uh, something that, and, and I'm not terribly well versed with the city of Los Angeles, but I know that the city of Los Angeles has neighborhood councils. And the neighborhood councils get a budget to do things. And they actually have authority to do things within their city, and they can lobby their, their city councilmen. And if, if, if you go after the, the smaller the, the district is, the more likely it is that you're going to have uh, more authority there, that a single person is going to be able to go there and say, hey, look, this street right here would be great to have Sharrows on or something like that. I think – Smaller in terms of population or – Well, the they're, they're, they're both. Uh, and, and actually, I think from what I've heard, the neighborhood councils kind of overlap sometimes. It's just sort of whatever they want to make. Uh, and so the city is trying – the city is trying to, to – City of Los Angeles is trying to get more grassroots populism going by having these smaller districts, but because the city is so big. But I mean, I don't know how much authority they have because we deal with Long Beach, and Long Beach is a special city because Long Beach. I've I've, I've been to the kitchen. I've been to the bike kitchen up here, and I've talked to people who live in Los Angeles, and they're like, "Yeah, Long Beach. I've I've ridden through Long Beach once." I, I, we, we went down PCH, and I'm like, well, okay, PCH. Uh, you didn't really get a good flavor for what Long Beach is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you went through – people don't go to Long Beach. And people who are in Long Beach don't go to Los Angeles. They don't leave Long Beach because it's sort of this little island. And you've got Orange County, and then you've got kind of like Inglewood and Compton up there, and then you've got the ports. And so it's like kind of surrounded by these places that are not really that bike-friendly. And so you don't get a lot of – traffic between the two, and so people don't know what's going on down in Long Beach. I agree. Uh, I think here in Los Angeles, I think you should support your neighborhood council. I think you have to start at that level. Uh, because you're, you're, you're a voice <coughs> representing that neighborhood, and uh, it's not so much biting, uh, you're not taking a huge bite or a big chunk off the city, and, and therefore it's, it's a harder time doing it that way, but everybody just supported their neighborhood council, if we had a whole consistency of people that that came and supported on the nights that they have their meetings, just all these bike-friendly people just showed up on a night and just, like and just shared their views, <laughs> you know, for safety aspects, the social reasons, the health reasons, you know, they're going to listen. They're going to listen, you, you uh, folks. You just have to raise your voice and participate. Be there. Even if you... If you're too shy to, to open your uh, your mouth to say anything, just support other ones who, who, who do have that ability to, to talk 
does uh well does the uh does the coalition um the the LABC how how do they um work with all the the different city councils and and those entities um no <laughs> uh yeah uh i think that's one of one of the we have to give credit to long to los angeles and being in Long Beach, we, we see a lot of stuff happening up here, but we're not really part of it. Uh, the bike community is very, very active up here. And when things happen, they're able to sort of descend on the city hall or the whatever the neighborhood council meeting is, uh, like the uh, critical mass incident that happened a couple months ago. They, they, they came out in force, and they were here. And, that, and that's sort of exactly what you want to have if you want to get the city to do something. But ultimately, I think that it's going to come down to not relying on the city to do this, is saying, okay, you know what? We're allowed to be here. We're going to do what we have to do to make this happen. Uh, and I'm not advocating, like, vandalism or anything like that. But take the lane. Don't be on the sidewalk. Uh, just in your mind say, this is my street. This is our street, and we're going to act as we should be. So we're safe, and so that we're visible, because ultimately, you've got cities around the country that are, have no reason to be bike cities. I was just recently in Toronto. They have minimal bike facilities, but they have just this really, really great bike culture, because they want to have it. And I mean, there's literally no reason, other than the fact that they're kind of a dense city, that Toronto would have this great bike culture. They got trolley tracks going all over the place. Uh, I fell on the trolley tracks when I was there, and which was not fun. They, they, I mean, the winners there, forget about that. Uh, they've got everyone rides in the door zone. Everyone does. And some of their streets are really wide. and, and, and going, But it's this great bike town because they want it to be. And that, that, I think, is probably the most important thing that you can do as a bike community is to say, this is our city, and we're going to live like it's our city. This is not General Motors City. This is our city. Although the choice, I have That's crucial, man. <laughs> so there is a social writing uh, network out yeah. here in Los Angeles, which I think everybody's proud of, you know, and it's an example. Yeah. Um, it's not the ultimate solution because we shouldn't have to have a social ride. Well. If we had, if we had the, the, the city behind us and it had, we, had, we feel safe on the roads, nobody would, would bother doing that. You look at Portland, for instance, they don't have the, the big rides like that. I mean, they, I have, think they do have some rides, but. I think the big rides are fun. They, have, they even have lights that are dedicated for bicycles only. So um, that's what the city of Los Angeles needs. Um, people need to feel safe riding their bikes here. And the only way you're going to do that, folks, is get involved, get involved join a, a social uh, 
join your local social network on, on bicycle advocacy. Uh, join Critical Mass last Friday of every month. Yeah, I think that's a really good ride. Where does it get that ride up to 50,000? That's, uh, that's, yeah. A bunch of people who are lazy, who don't care, are stuck in their cars. It would send a shockwave around the world, people. So support that, you know. You'll feel safe because there'll be other thousands of people. If you don't, if you're afraid of riding a bike by yourself, come come out and join join a, a, a social ride the I think the other important aspect of the social ride is that you can get these communities and, and these values that sort of self reinforce. No one wants to be the only person doing something, and, and I'm sure all of us, having ridden bikes in places that are not bike friendly, have felt like the only person who's doing that. And you kind of wonder. If you're weird, if you're strange, if you're really supposed to be here, and there there are cues. Well, there are some people who like that, which are like the people who pioneer this. But a lot of people, sort of, I don't want to say go along with the pack, but a lot of people require sort of a, a social support network to be able to do this and to be able to go up to somebody and say, yeah, I was, I was riding down uh, uh, Long Beach Boulevard and this bus totally cut me off. And, and if someone can say, oh yeah, I did the, that's happened to me too, then you can sort of talk about that and, and, and it creates a bond between the two people and it, and it creates a, 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 a way that you can say, okay, this is normal. This is, I'm, I'm not a freak and here's how you deal with it and here's some, here's some ways that you can, you can avoid the buses. Oh, hey, don't ride on Long Beach Boulevard, ride, ride on Atlantic because it's, it's less busy. And so by actually being around people who share your values, who are in the same situations as you, it kind of creates this self-reinforcing cycle where it starts to grow. And then you invite your friend who says, oh, yeah, I ride a bike on the weekends down, up and down the beach path, but I, I don't really feel comfortable riding on the street. And it's like, oh, well, come on a ride, and you'll see how easy it is to ride on the street. You get, don't, don't ride the wrong way on the, street, on, the, on, the, on the sidewalk, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I, th- I think that that's another very important aspect of social rides. Yeah, and where are you going to learn that if if you have no intention of, of doing that, if you don't know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think that the, the appealing thing about the group rides is just that it's, you know, oftentimes it's a rolling party, man. It's just a lot of really <laughs> cool people, and they're just, uh, you know, they're just having a good time. And, and some people party too much. That, that's true. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm going to go back to the the question about gender, but on in Long Beach, are the are the group rides? Do they tend to be mostly dudes? Yeah, frankly, frankly, yes. Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're not fast. We're 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 not creeps. <laughs> we're not creeps. So so don't worry about it, ladies. <laughs> Jerks a lot of the time um, on 
certain streets. But if you, um, you know, you, you come on the group rides, you, you see kind of, um, you know, how, how cool we are. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of individual empowerment. And if, um, you know, if you go on the group rides, you, you, you kind of start to, to, to feel out the bike community. You learn things. You, you learn the good routes that are, uh, I mean, we, you know, I, my friends and I have, have got all these routes, like, mapped out, like, um, you know, all, all the alternatives to the main, uh, the main arterial roads that, um, that get you there faster because there are no stoplights. And, um, there's stop signs. There's stop signs. Who pays yeah, attention to those? Who pays attention to stop signs, right. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't say that. <laughs> so something that's kind of been happening here in Los Angeles, well, I wouldn't say the city of Los Angeles, it's been more in uh, Santa Monica, uh, is people are getting ticketed for running stop signs and stoplights. Uh, is that... No, it's... It's it's mostly it's but I mean the 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 issue with that is that bikes are cars they're vehicles so if you get a ticket like that that's like three hundred dollars so is that I mean has that has started happening in Long Beach that that I mean I don't it, it has just happened in the last couple of months where like all of a sudden if you're in Santa Monica and you see a stop sign you must stop. I've got to give uh, credit to Long Beach Police because now I'm going to – well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a real important caveat on there that I am a, a middle-class-looking white boy, uh, so that, that changes things a little bit. But uh, I've – I've, I've run red lights on my bike. I've run stop signs. The cops will pull up beside me and be like, yeah, you shouldn't do that, son. What are you doing here? Uh, I'm like, sorry, officer, I didn't know. But uh, Long Beach police, especially when you hear about what LAPD does, Long Beach police do not hassle us. And, again, well, I mean, I, I can't speak, speak for the minority experience or for the tattooed experience. But uh, Long Beach Police has been good to me. 
personally. And they, they, they don't look at me and say, oh, this kid on a bike with the... Uh, I mean, I've got my lights. I, I, I do look around for cops, and I'm probably more fearful of a cop than I should be. But, um, I mean, it, it kind of comes down to... When, when you ride a bike and if you know when you can run a stop sign, you, you, you can kind of look and see. And, and uh, a, a lot of times, motorists expect you to run the stop sign. And, and, yeah, and, and they get mad when you don't. And so I, I'll be going down the road, and, and this, the motorist will stop. And he'll be stopped there, and he'll see me, and he'll be kind of look at me like, okay, what's this guy going to do? And I'll slow down, and I'll kind of give him a wave and say, you know, you can go first. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I try to do that as much as possible because yeah exactly when and and i I think this is this is the most important thing that you can know as a cyclist is to say be predictable if if you're unpredictable that's when you get hit if someone knows and that's when you piss people off if you're if you're going to turn left check 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 behind you get in the left turn lane if you got a signal signal and most drivers will slow down and let you go through. Someone will get all angry about that, though. I had a guy, um, I, I uh, was riding in the lane, taking the lane, and, um, you know, turned on another street or whatever, and this guy, like, you know, passes me in a hurry or whatever, stops in the left turn lane at the next light. It just so happens I had to turn left, too. So I'm, I'm behind him in the left turn lane, waiting at this light, and he, he gets out of his car, and he's like, dude, you need to, like, not be in front of me while I'm in my car. You're a bicycle, like. You need to be over there, and, and I'm I'm just like no, it's actually not true, man. Um, according to you know CBC twenty one two hundred, I have every right to take this lane, and um, he was he actually was just like oh, <laughs> and he got back into his car. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it was cool. <laughs> and I and, and that's the difference. Like, motorists will say, will be in their little box, and they'll say, "You cyclists," and if they get out of the car, they roll their window down, and you, and you engage them as a person. If you make eye contact with them, a lot of times it'll be like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, this guy, he, he's a person. So, I mean, I think a lot of times people don't give motorists the credit that they should. And as a cyclist, when I do drive, I find myself getting frustrated even with cyclists when I see them. And I, and, and I give cyclists way more uh, room than I probably need to because I understand where they are. But I've, like, I've driven down uh, PCH from San Francisco. Good God. That was terrible. That was terrible because <laughs> – between the old ladies, the uh, the few who are who, the motorhomes, the few who are looking at the ocean, and and the the, the spandex, uh, 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 yeah, the the the, the lycra uh, uh, Lance Ar- Lance Armstrong types who are trying to draft up a hill, it's terrible. And so there's no there's no shoulder, and you're just like, get out of my way. I want to go home. This is a terrible idea. Why did I do this? And and so I can understand. I've been there, but. It's you bad when you're trying to ride a motorcycle up that road because it's great, man. It's like it's a great motorcycle road, yeah. but not when there's a line of cars behind the <laughs> Yeah, and so it's just I, I, I can understand where drivers are coming from, but most drivers can't understand where a cyclist is coming from because they don't do it. And if you put them in bicycles or toys to them, yeah, exactly. Oh, that, that's that, that's that's cute that you uh, ride a bike to work, but wait till you have a kid. Wait, I, I've had people tell me that at work. They're like, "Oh, wait till you have a kid." I'm like, "Well, we'll 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 see." Number one, I got I got to trick a girl first, and number two, uh, we'll see if I have any kids. But uh, <laughs> or, or maybe you should try to get 
try riding your bicycle. Yeah, exactly. It might keep you a little more sane. Then, then, then you might not get winded while walking down the aisle. But <laughs> ho- hopefully no one from work is listening to this. I can't really, yeah, I can't really speak. Who, who am I to talk about this? Well, but... Uh, but it, it's 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 about the, the the politics of experience. It's about learning from someone else's perspective and putting yourself in that in, in that situation. And as, as a member of the dominant social class, drivers don't need to think about that. By the way, we are not vehicles. We are called devices. Oh yeah. Yes, that's what it says on it. You read read that. It's a device. I'd rather keep it as a device versus a vehicle because we, we we're in a gray area, you know. Uh, there might be things where we might not be, <coughs> Bible 2 might be a fine instead of a, something that goes on your record, you know, because we're not a vehicle. We're, that's what they categorize us. I, 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 th- I think that's good that it's like that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take another musical break, and we'll be right back.
Okay, so we're back on Bike Talk. Um, what are you guys' favorite um, mechanic things to do on the bikes? We were just talking about turning wheels and loose spokes. And my favorite thing, I'm sure everyone who listens to this show knows I love to turn a wheel. But what do you guys like to do? What's your favorite thing I to work I, on bikes? I agree. I, a wheel would probably be my, one of my favorite things. I do enough of them at the shop. <laughs> I mean, Easy. Um, I, I look forward to doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably just going to do it on my own. One day I'm just going to copy another wheel and just basically watch how that's it's being uh, put together and just copy it and do it myself. You know, but, um, I, I chew tires all the time, you know, chew wheels all the time, and it's, it's fun. Because the people are very, the people that you're doing it for are like, wow. Yeah, you yeah they're amazed. How, how bent this wheel. Look at you got it wrong again. I can't believe it. And it's a big deal to them. And they put a smile on their face. And that's what... I was like it... Well, I always like it when uh, when somebody brings a wheel in and uh, <laughs> and Cypress just looks at it and it's you know got a pretty good bend in it and the first thing he'll do is just bang it on the ground as hard as he can to get the the big bend in the rim out and they're like what what are you doing on my wheel he's like no oh, man it's yeah don't worry about it it's cool and they they get it back and they're like oh whoa thanks <laughs> I I I just learned how to true a wheel recently so, that, so that's always a fun thing to do uh, I was really proud of myself because I did it in the field one time and through the wheel, using the brake as the as the guide. Um, I also I, I I like working on the derailleur and like teaching people how to work on the derailleur because it seems like so magical. The not yes, not <laughs> not not a hipster because I, I I got a derailleur, but uh, it just like explain the limit screws to people and saying like here's how the thing works and uh, it yeah it, it's it's like elegantly simple and like the the, the tension and all these things that come together and you can just teach someone how to work on a derailleur and then they kind of get it. And, and they got it. Exactly. Because it's so simple, but it looks like it's so complicated and they're all, everyone's just worried about breaking this thing. And, yeah, and you're like, yeah, 
Don't 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 worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you if if you break your derailleur, we we got it. We got them over there. They're, they're they're like five or ten bucks. Don't worry about it. Oh, they're only two dollars. Well, apparently we we lowered our prices. Um, and then what? This is something I was thinking about earlier, and I forgot to kind of follow up. But what what kind of class the the classes that you have is that only for earn a bike? Is that for only for volunteers? What what's the deal? trying to, to build up our volunteer skills and stuff like that, and also we don't want to go on, uh, go public with this and, and not have a really well-developed curriculum with handouts and, and diagrams and all this other stuff, because ultimately the public's going to demand a lot higher uh, level of service than our volunteers. Our volunteers kind of understand how our fly-by-nights organization works, and the public, they're going to come in and kind of expect something that's like a class put on by the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that um, Graham has been working for a long time now on um, compiling his black book, just sort of like a, yeah, like a comprehensive sort of uh, manual for for anybody. And um, you know, it's always a work in progress. It's kind of like a like a wiki, um, you know, bike maintenance kind of a thing. But um, eventually, when we do get our, our our classes to somewhere where that we feel is appropriate for the public, we will have them posted on. Yeah. We might go two nights, you know, both yeah, Friday and Friday night. I mean, we're, we're always looking for more volunteers, and the more volunteers we have, the more nights we can be open and better services we can provide. Definitely. That's that's what it's – That's I mean, that's really the goal. I mean, it's, it's – uh, it, the goal is for it to be the hub, you know, like a community hub, whether you're um, – you know, I mean, Catalyst is, is there. They've got their – you know, some of their planners and things there um, yeah. for, for growing. Uh, and there are a lot of good tomatoes that are coming yeah, we've, in. We've, um, we've had, Plants yeah, there. yeah, it's it's a good uh, good uh, bit of space, definitely. It's good for you, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's 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 about serving the community and um, giving people uh, um, you know knowledge that they can use, uh, you know, and and uh, you know getting people to come together just to have, to, have, to have a spot, a space to, to learn and to to you know be a part of something that's uh, you know bigger than themselves, and um, you know to to really. Uh, you know, learn learn about something that's that's simple, like a simple way to, to live. You know, elegant simplicity. Um, simplicity is the key to uh, successful living, right? Is that? that, that that's that's <laughs> the answer I have in my uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and the hub has been available to other community groups. We've had, we had events there. We, we had a, a, a really great uh, event just last month called Cycle of Sound. And just all kinds of DJs were there. We had people doing painting. We had people doing uh, sidewalk chalk arts. All this other stuff. And it's just this great events that uh, brought in people who would not normally have come into the hub. And we've had meetings for other organizations there. Uh, we, we just had uh, someone come, someone painted a, a mural for us. And so all these different yeah. groups are coming together. And it's just. Yeah, that's, that's our, our main goal with the hub. We want this to be a community outreach for the community at, at large there. Um, and and it's just starting to happen now, you know. 
um, that's becoming the buzz right now. We're, we're these new people, and we're open to a lot of ideas. A lot of artists are looking at our space because we, we clearly haven't decided on what kind of uh, mural we should put. You know, we have this big uh, ocean container uh, that's that goes across our parking lot in front of the hub, and we've got you know, an artist who's, who's uh, probably just started and he he did what he thought was appropriate, but I think it was too much on there, and it wasn't uh, clear enough for us to decide that that's what we wanted. And so we got another artist that's interesting and and doing something over that. Um, and we've got space on top of our roof that's open, that's blank there. And um, so, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of opportunity there. If you're as as someone who's been Right, right. Yeah. Now, if you are, if you're currently an artist and you're looking to to reach out, uh, you know, for for whatever reason, or, uh, or want to sh- use our place as your uh, part of your uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call that portfolio, uh, feel free to come by the hub and yeah. Well, we. You, Yeah. I think it's really just stupid. We have we have the space people. Talk right into the microphone. Sorry out there. Yeah. Yeah. You want to use this mic? (laughs) 
And that was all great stuff I was saying. <laughs> that was going on. Oh, man. That, that audio to digital conversion is definitely important. Uh, but but I, the, the gist of what I was saying, dear listener, okay, uh, it was that space is available for whoever wants it. And if you want to contact us, our website's pedalmovement.com. Contact information is on there. Uh, and we can we can provide spaces and we can work together because a lot of times we have common goals for everything. And so we're, we're there and we're available and, and anything that we can do to help you, as long as it doesn't cost any money, because we don't have any money, uh, <laughs> as long as, long as it, anything that we can do is definitely, we, we can, we can talk and, and this is one thing we do well, it's talk as long as the microphone works. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's cooperative. It's it's like uh, you know, I mean it's like the, the people who come in and do the the uh, earn a bike program. It's like you know they may not have uh, you know any money, but they have um, you know a couple of hands, and uh, you know if they've got the desire to uh, to learn, um, then they can put those hands to use, and that is that is payment. You know, it's uh, it works. That's the way a cooperative works. Um, oh, we've got that that phone number now. Finally, the uh, the bike hub in Long Beach. Um, yeah, no one's there right now, so don't call right now, but later today, uh, about a half hour or so, uh, 562-508-4984. Again, that's area code 562-508-4984. Any questions for the hub, give them a ring. Um, Operators are not standing by. No, but I think there is an answering machine. <laughs> yes, there is. Good, yeah. Can you leave a message? Always leave a message. We definitely get back to you. We will get back to you. Dan, Dan Big Bug Dan will be back to you. But e- email is probably the best way to get into contact with us. Uh, like I said, pedalmovement.com, pedal all of our contact information is on there. Uh, you can come and see pictures of what some of us look like, uh, really goofy-looking dudes hanging out, working on bikes. Um, but I, 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 I think that this is – I'd like to thank uh, Bike Talk for letting us come on. It's definitely a, a great opportunity for us to go on. Yeah, get some of that. Uh, thank you, Bike Talk. And uh, – uh, th- thank all of our volunteers. Are, are we? Are we? Is it time to wrap up? Is that no? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, no. I, I, I felt like that was where I guess the. Uh, uh, yeah, you can read our blog. Um, so, w- w- you guys come to Los Angeles. I do. So. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there's a little bit, I think that especially once you put people on bikes, there's a lot more crossover than you see, Jim, because like I have a bunch of friends who actually commute to Long Beach for work really? from here, um, and so I think that, again, like uh, kind of a benefit of the, of the bicycle is that, sure, there's a lot of people in cars who never kind of get back and forth, but I mean, I've been to Long Beach on a bike m- many times, uh, not always intentionally. Sometimes we just ended up there. But, um, yeah, so um, I guess any other any other kind of, like, lessons learned in terms of, like, starting up a, a co-op? Um, I know one of our, I guess my hour from the kitchen dreams is that every neighborhood has a bike co-op, um, that it's not something that you have to come a long way to find, that it's... 
you know, I don't know if Long Beach is big enough to warrant multiple bike co-ops, but um, it's the kind of thing that, like, I mean, so if someone wanted to start one up in their garage, what is it, what's your advice? How, do, how does it happen? And uh, Chicken Leather's calling in in six minutes to give us a report on the Bike Film Festival, so that's when we'll wrap up. Uh, take what you can and give what you can. I mean, um, it's that's that's what it all comes down to. I mean, we were lucky enough to have this space fall into our laps, and um, it's it's about just being connected in your community and uh, knowing that there is a demand for it, and um, going out and you know putting putting your feelers out there and listening. Um, and when when opportunity knocks, you take it. And when um, there are people out there who who need. Uh, your your services. I mean, don't be afraid to go out and and uh, you know be there. I th- I think that there's probably two, maybe three different really important lessons that I've learned. One is that it's not so much take what you can, but.